Hey yo, I'm Katie. And I'm your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Press Next Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know we were kind of gone last week, but we busy, man, because we got some big news and stuff. We, you know, we're moving. Ain't that right, Katie? Yes, we are moving to Triple D, Big D, Dallas. Uh, Ma'am, we could have just stuck with the Triple D, okay? We could have stuck with the Triple D. We're moving to Dallas because uh, we are Texas natives and it's going to be fun. And speaking of Texas natives, we have a guest on the show today. Boop, one of my good friends. But I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Chad. Uh, I am an LPC in the state of Texas, a uh, licensed professional counselor, for all those not curious, if you're not sure. Um, background on me, I have my uh, bachelor's in psychology, master's in clinical mental health counseling, not to brag a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, flex on them. You deserve it. I mean, it. listen, listen. That's a, you earned that's it. A, that's a process. That is a process. <laughs> And um, experience-wise, I've worked in behavioral health hospitals, working with geriatrics, with adults. I've worked in PHP, IOP, outpatient programming with adults and a lot of adolescents, uh, lately as of least. Um, so worked right now, I think it's been almost two years of experience, which is a wild thing to think of. <laughs> right. But, Time uh, goes by so fast. It's wild, though. But... Yes, and like I said, it's 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 great to be the first guest, of course, on this podcast of the first one that y'all had. I mean, it means a lot to me to be the <laughs> to be the first one, and I I, I mean, it's I, I I understand the honor that comes along with that. So thank you so, so much. Was there was there some like some other ones that we had, or like a couple couple? Oh yeah, yeah, you know, a couple. You know what I'm saying? Here and there. If y'all do not know. Uh, Chad might be one of the most sarcastic, sarcastic, sarcastic persons you will ever meet in your entire life, uh, and I all will I will stand you by. You had two this. Katies. You had we two did. Katies on the same. We did okay, like the second. There's a there's a couple. We have there. a lot of we have a lot of C's. You know, like that's true. Two Kate. Well, yeah. It's and fine. A Casey. It's fine. And a Casey fine. and a Maddie. Yeah, we had a lot. There but were. If you, I will stand by this, uh, Chad. It makes the the world's best, and I say the world, the entire globe. And if there's aliens now, you know the government's talking about U, uh, UFOs. If there are aliens out there, I would stand on this. Chad makes the best Oreo balls in the galaxy. Okay, I need to try those because our friend Adele makes some pretty dang good Oreo balls. And I love that I had to message and be like, by the way, so you told them that they weren't as good, right? And he's like, yes, I did. I'm like, okay. That's what I tell him. I'm like, hey, he says it every time. Shout out to Adele. Adele, she makes good. I told Jay yesterday, they're a distant second. A distant I'll, second. I'll respect a distant that. second. I'll respect that. I will. They're good, but they are not Chad. So if the LPC thing doesn't work out for whatever reason, because it seems like it's working out, you know what I'm saying? It seems like it's doing great. You're doing great work. If it doesn't work out, Thank you. you need to open some sort of uh, some sort of Chad Oreo ball bakery. Uh, we'll work it in, man. It's, it's, there's a, the, long, the long line of requests are steaming. <laughs> if you... Uh, if you follow him or or know him on social media or whatever, try to pry the recipe out. I'm sure there's some sort of <laughs> secret ingredient. I personally think that he put some sort of drug in there, like crack cocaine or some sort of addictive. Oh my gosh! Drug, you know, He's so extra. It's addictive so extra. and it's good. And if it don't come in the white container with the with the paper towels on the bottom, <laughs> it's you know the same. <laughs> I still got the shit. <laughs> If you don't come like that, you got the wrong order. It's fake. Those are uh, those are replicas. Okay, we want the original, the original Chad Oreo ball. So we're happy that Chad's here today. And specifically, why we wanted to bring Chad in is we know that this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, mm -hmm. and we are talking about the film Silver Linings Play Playbook. I'm, I'm yes. messing up. I say playlist. <laughs> and I don't today. know if Corey wants to brag on himself, but Corey also has a master's in clinical mental health counseling. And so him and Chad went through the program together. And so it's really neat to have both of their uh, experience and outlook on these topics, because that is what they studied and went through hours of training and uh, clinicals for. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
what a time. I, I still refer back to a lot of my stuff. And I just have... Also, uh, our house is full of... Um, psychology and counseling books we got the it dsm-5 on the, the nightstand yeah on and the nightstand check check this out real quick hold on oh this Lord. is like my little buddy cheat sheet you know where i can oh, get get to it real well. fast i know you remember this chat oh i do absolutely <laughs> um yeah so this is like i refer to this a lot i was actually going to bring out the dsm when i was watching the movie um just so i can like maybe diagnose some comorbidities or whatever but oh. yeah um nice. yeah i know <laughs> right yeah, this is like a perfect movie to do that but um i'm i'm glad the populations that we serve are while we serve humans are vastly different i don't have my licensure mm-hmm. yet uh but you never know in the future but i'm still working with uh with students who who everybody has their needs and and i'm i'm interested in even hearing more about geriatrics because that's like a level that I can't do, or at least I've said to myself that I can't. So there's like a special spot in my mm-hmm. heart for people who do, because I feel like it's very much so needed. But yeah. you could talk about how has your experience been with that population? So it's very different. Um, so I, I've always said that every experience I've had, I've never been prepared for, but that's mm-hmm. something that I take as a, that's something I should be into. Like if I don't have, if I don't feel comfortable with this, Maybe that means that's something I need to start feeling comfortable in or need to work better into. And that's been my philosophy for every single time of now getting, getting jobs. Because I'm always like, oh, I should get this job. Not availability, but this job is. And right. so g- geriatric, it's very different. And I always say, like, because I, col- I went from college students to geriatrics to <laughs> adolescents, which might be the just jumping between things, right. the wildest yeah. jumps. But I always said that it came from an area of as long as you address an individual and talk to them like they were a person and understood just putting yourself where they are. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what age group, you're going to understand the person. And as long as you meet the person where they're at, that's the first step. The second step is just hearing where they're at and recognizing that even if you don't know their experience – Take their life as being real and always be real with yourself. Because as long as you're genuine, then they feel you're genuine, then you'll be able to connect a lot easier no matter how much of a difference in age you have. Man, I feel like I was just talking to myself. When I tell you you that in my job search here recently, so for those of you who don't know, the reason why we're moving to Dallas is because I just got a job at Southern Methodist University. Yeah. Um, I will be the assistant director of student advocacy and support. So very excited about that, uh, that just experience and opportunity and what they're going to allow me to do. But my entire interviews, when I was going through all of these process was exactly what you just said, Chad was like, we, the one thing that I can't stand about student affairs sometimes is that we just forget that we're working with humans, with humans. Like we just have to be genuine and remember that because they're a human, they deserve respect. Listen, be genuine, and help them out. Like, it is really that simple. That was the crux of all of my interviews was that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to listen to people. I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to offer respect and treat people like they're people and humans because they are. Because, Chad, you know what our supervisor or uh, Dr. Faulkner would say. Oh. We're humans, not robots. <laughs> oh, man. You know how much time. Oh, I, I remember I, you saying that all the time. I have said it so many times in every, I want to say in every job I've worked since then, I have said it in hospital work. I've said it in outpatient work, every single groups. I have, I have reverberated that just. It's good advice. It is. And you don't have to be uh, a therapist or a counselor to just treat people that way. Like, so just take that as like, I guess, words to live by. People are humans, treat them like humans, be genuine to them and also be genuine to, uh, to yourself. And I feel like, you lead somewhat of a, a happy life, you know, or a good life or a f- fulfilled life. Uh, but before we get into the movie, just trigger warning, want to let everybody know today we're going to be talking about specifically bipolar disorder uh, and some disorders that kind of run off of that because that's what's based in the movie. So uh, if that is a topic that might be a little bit too much for you, that's okay. <laughs> Skip this episode, listen to an old episode, uh, maybe come back for the next one, whatever you want to do. Um, but we were talking about Silver Linings Playbook, and we're going to focus on that disorder. So, 
without further ado, let's jump into it. Do you want to give an overview of the movie, baby? Or Yes, I will. So like you said, we are covering Silver Linings Playbook, which is the 2012 movie that stars Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. Um, the synopsis of the movie is, after a stint in a mental institution, former teacher Pat... Mm-hmm. Solitato, I don't know how to say. Just, just moves back in with his parents <laughs> and tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when Pat meets Tiffany, a mysterious girl with problems of her own. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And let me tell y'all, I saw this when it came out, and I I wasn't like, well, I was in the program when it came out. No, I wasn't yet. I wasn't in the program yet. But when I came out, I was in psychology. So this was like, you know, the movie, everybody was like, we got to go see this movie. Got to go see this movie. (laughs) And when I saw it in theaters, I was like, man, I don't understand what the hell is going on. (laughs) Because I didn't really understand bipolar. And I kind of feel like that's the topic of what we'll kind of talk about today. But then when I watched it a second time, when I had more knowledge, I was like, this film is is great. But I want to ask y'all, scale of one to 10, one being, Mm -hmm. you know, an absolute garbage movie, like, like rubber. And 10 just being um, cinematic greatness, you know. Uh, Katie, I'm going to start with you. You just watched it for the first time, literally just I did. now. I did. So how do you feel, scale 1 to 10? Um, I'll give it a six and a half. I know, I know. Wow, I am or seven. taken aback. Six and a half or a seven, because um, I feel like a lot of the movie, I was like... <laughs> but why are they doing this? Like what? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I was kind of, it was hard to follow. I'll say that it was hard to follow in some, some parts. Um, And that may be because I don't quite understand bipolar disorder to the level that other people might. And so um, I'll say a seven because it was hard to follow, but certain things were hard to follow. But then the overall story was a great story. So I'll give it a seven. All right. All right. Chad, where you at? So, um, ah, God, I've gone back and forth every time. Whenever we're debating, because I know I was going to rate it. I know it's going to be a thing. I would say, (laughs) I would say probably an eight and a half. I think an Mm, eight and a half is very fair. I, I very tempted to give it a nine. Um, and Corey, your exact description of what your experience was, was a hundred percent exactly when I first watched this movie. Was I watched? See, it. okay, that's how I felt. So maybe I just need to watch it again, and I'll feel better about it. Well, it was a thing of like I was like, okay, what the fuck is happening? Right. I literally yeah. was like, like why? Because I had heard of bipolar disorder. I had heard mm-hmm. of these kind of you know, complications. And I first watched the film is before I got really into the psychology program I was in uh, that we were in, and. I was like, well, the, this it was very entertaining. It was incredibly well acted, but a lot mm-hmm. of the, the behaviors, I'm like, this is confusing. Why would mm-hmm. like, well, why are people acting like this? But also like, what is like, I'm I'm missing the connection. And I so fun fact about maybe well, let's say a few months ago, whenever you'll have starting with this podcast, and I was like, you know what? They're probably gonna have me on a guest at some point. And I was watching a movie, and I was watching Silver Lines Playbook, and I'm like, you know, it would be really great if this is the – I'm being dead honest with wow. you on this. Dead wow. honest with you. And I was watching it, and I'm like, I wonder what I would say if I was – I legitimately was like – this would because this is the perfect movie to kind of have yeah. discussed. So mm-hmm. when you sent me an email discussing it, I'm like, oh, dead set. This is exactly what we're watching. I'm, <laughs> I'm not – this is 100%. So – and when I watched it then – Having worked now for the past two years and it, having rewatched it, I was like, this is an entire, it's just different. I know, like, I I can see still some of the difficult to follow parts, but I, I guess there's just, it's different appreciation from seeing it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- like, definitely. And so I think I would probably give it like an eight and a half too. And that's just looking from the lens specifically of, I have a better understanding of what bipolar disorder is. And when watching it, and if y'all don't know, y'all probably already know, obviously I'm a movie buff. I love movies. Chad is another, he's like my partner in crime when it comes to film. I can talk to Chad about any film and Chad knows 
what I'm talking about. He understands it because we understand film together. And so there's plenty of times where we both suggest certain films to each other that we either have not seen or whatever. Uh, so I trust I trust Chad's judgment on film the way that I trust my own judgment on film. Uh, and so my score is cinematically kind of the same because I started looking at the way they did some of their camera movements, right? Like the way that they staged even some of... Uh, the the closeness and the erraticness of the entire shot that just happened. You, it, they want you to feel like he, how Pat feels in that moment. Uh, so I'm like, wow, this is at first though. It was just so jumpy and cutty, and it was I'm like, very chaotic, right? But it's once you understand that's how that's how Pat mind is working right now. Yeah. So it should feel chaotic to us because that's what they're trying to portray. Uh, and to, in order to do that in still somewhat of an organized way, to me, they did a good job of, they still told a fantastic story. I also feel like, me personally, this will kind of roll into the second question. I don't feel like they villainized bipolar disorder, right? Like uh, some movies, or at least what we hear. So I'm just going to ask you, Katie, if you feel, um, if you feel inclined to answer this. Growing up, what did you, what did it mean for somebody to be bipolar? Like, what did you hear? What is what was the stigma around it, or what did what did you imagine for somebody who's bipolar? Yeah. So, growing up, I always thought bipolar was someone who just had extreme mood swings, um, and that was pretty much all that I thought. Like, you're happy, then you're sad, then you're angry, then, and it just is like a a switch that flips. Um, and it wasn't until I was older when I found out that someone very close to me actually was bipolar and had, has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder for, uh, many years. And I was like, huh, I can see signs of that, or I can see things in a different light because it's not just extreme mood swings. Right. Okay. Like that can be an aspect of it, but it's different. And I think that everybody sees bipolar as just mood swings. Mm -hmm. And so as, um, well, I guess I'll ask you, Chad, as a professional, can you go into a little bit of detail about bipolar disorder? Absolutely. Or either um, one of you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say a little bit. Um, first and foremost, by the way, with especially bipolar disorder and any other diagnosis we talk about, please do not DSM five like yes. self diagnose. Self diagnose. Oh goodness. Yes. That's why Corey won't even let me read the DSM. No, I don't let her read it. I'm like, do not, please, it's do not so, self diagnose. It's so easy to because, and I even some people who I that are experiencing mental health crises, they'll uh, when we talk about certain criteria, they start like kind of getting worried because they don't know and mm -hmm. and also they're they're trying to understand themselves um so with bipolar disorder right. for, formerly known as um manic depression disorder um mm -hmm. it is a combination of um what is manic which is the highs where you see mm -hmm. kind of grandiose thoughts uh del a lot of delusional thinking um can be part of the manic episode uh, grandiose thoughts. I could summarize a grand number of celebrities in the limelight currently who present with that <laughs> criteria at times. Uh, they can be very, they can, they can be very intelligent people. By the way, who have these diagnoses and disorders, um, mm -hmm. they can actually. I, I've, I've heard stories of professors who write, go on a manic episode and write a book during a manic episode where they've been awake for an entire week, also poor sleep, uh, high energy, risk-taking behaviors. Um, a lot of where they just have all this energy, but it's not always good. They have uh, poor relationships oftentimes. And then that's so the, the, the manic episodes you have. And then you have the other side, the depression. Um, now, this movie will categorize and show that um, Pat, I don't believe they ever show a depressive episode for Pat. They only show kind of manic and some underlying mm -hmm. other traits that aren't necessarily right. part of the bipolar disorder. But that that's kind of... Um, the two th the, the main two contributors. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely, by the way, glossing over it because there's a lot more to it. Corey, you could probably fill mm -hmm. in those parts because right. I'm just off the top of my head on it. Right. Like for me in the movie, at least, I think the two kind of depressive aspects that they um, that they depict are his like irritability 
right? Mm-hmm. And he's like troublemaking decisions, right? Like he's but like that fighting. is like the only two. Yeah, like he's <clears throat> his social cues are very much so gone. Oh, absolutely. Which, which, <laughs> right, right. yeah, and no, and no person with bipolar disorder has bipolar disorder. They're great. Why yes. would you ever? Why would you ever think anything less? You don't understand. You, you just don't see things the way I'm seeing things, and that's the right. problem. That's the problem with if you just saw things my way, it'd be great. And that's right. the problem, it, and that you don't understand that I'm God. So, <laughs> well, uh, that, that's what I feel like they showed as far as like on that bottom side, because on the bottom side, you're really talking about, um, you know what. Here's how I kind of saw it's it like up. reckless behavior or no more, more. Yeah. Reckless behavior, but it could be like even a, a low sex drive. Uh, somebody whose pace of talking has changed, not liking things that they once liked. You know what I mean? Like those things have started to change or whatever. And I feel like when we see some people who me growing up, I was, I was with you. People just talked about mood swings as being bipolar. People still mm-hmm. say that they're like, Oh, this person right. bipolar. I'm like, no, they're not. Just because you were having a swing of your mood does not make you bipolar, okay? Right. First off, we're talking about over a period of time mm-hmm. versus over what just happened right now that is going to be very short-lived and you were happy, now you're upset, okay? But right. if you go zero to 60 fast, most people kind of lump that in as you being like, oh, you're bipolar. But here's how I've seen it the most. So I have some people, some friends who are um, close to me and I've known some other people where I've never seen the manic side. Mm-hmm. And I've always seen the depressive side, right? Like, so I don't, for me, it's more so I've always seen the lows. Yeah. And that was hard to even get like a hold on because it's not just depression, if that makes sense. So they're not just necessarily going to depression and they still even seem normal. Um, so growing up with that was weird. But when I got into psychology, when I got into counseling, we started really getting into what it looks like to, for me, at least. This is one of the harder ones to, if I had to diagnose, this is for me, one of the harder ones for me, for me to say, this is what you would have. I will probably never be at the stage where I'm diagnosing, but if I were, I would have trouble diagnosing this one. The reason why I'm saying that is that I think it's not as easy as people think it may be for you to be able to recognize that somebody is struggling with bipolar disorder. It can be mistaken with a lot of comorbidity for other things. Yes, and there's it's it's a huge it's a huge um, and and also bipolar disorder can look very different to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have watched this film and I've seen the reviews and they'll say, "Well, I just don't think it matched up with." Um, they didn't show a depressed episode. It's like, well, that's that's yours. It, it can very fluctuate. That's how I feel about all mental illness. Is that it's hard. It's hard because everybody is so different, right? And everybody's experience with their mental illness is different. Like depression for me can look very different to somebody else with depression. But it's still depression, right? So I I agree with y'all. It's very hard to see in people and can be disguised as something else or mistaken for something else. Yeah, I would definitely be having to distinguish between major depressive disorder and bipolar disorder for somebody who's really only displaying yeah. the lows would be very tough for me. I think it might be slightly easier if all I'm um, experiencing or hearing about is the highs, um, which is, I kind of think is what like Hollywood kind of romanticizes about or whatever. Like when you talk about bipolar, they just talk about, oh, we're going to talk about Kanye West. And when we see that, of course we see that. When do we ever see anybody's lows? Like ask yourself mm-hmm. that question. We don't ever see anybody. Nobody's posting their lows online. Right. I don't know. Maybe Gen Z is a little bit different. Okay, <laughs> Gen Z <laughs> might be posting true. their lows uh, and their highs and their flats. Like they're posting everything, but for the most part, people are only posting what they want you to see. They're never posting the lows. So uh, that's why I think that people have such a skewed vision of of what this this disorder is. You know. So is Kanye diagnosed with bipolar disorder? So he says. Okay, I don't, I mean, that's what I was thinking, and that's kind of who I think about when I think about, like, a public figure with, I just remember him on the that one uh, song saying, this is that bipolar shit. Right. Yeah. And to me, I feel like he recorded that entire album in a manic state. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> like, then he, and, then he, and then he disappears for a little while, almost like he's taking a break. Right, and, and almost retracting back to, like, his, his normals, like... His normal mm-hmm. self. So 
But when do we ever see the lows, right? Now, we right. know that there's some lows happening. He's getting divorced and everything else. We don't see the lows for Kanye. Mm-hmm. We see when when everybody says Kanye is crazy or Kanye needs some help or whatever. I'm like, he's not crazy. He's a human. He's going through something. Mm-hmm. And he probably I'm going has, through something. Right. And he probably has help, though. Like, he... Yeah. You don't think Kanye has help? I'm sure it, he probably it, has help. It's hard mm-hmm. for a lot of those celebrities. I mean, I saw this with Amanda Bynes on social media mm-hmm. years back is that there's it's this cult of you'll always have someone that's praising you, so therefore why would you seek mm. help is a very difficult area to be in. Uh, and the aspect yeah. of what is crazy, oh, God, goodness. I, this this right. movie goes into that a lot, actually, which would be very interesting to talk about. But. Yeah. Yes. No, let's, you know what, let's park the bus. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. that. Because I feel like with, um, what was her name, Tiffany, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence? Yes. They... Here's the wildest thing. Pat suffers from bipolar disorder. It is, mm-hmm. you can almost assume that Pat's father also has some, some illnesses going on, mm-hmm. right? He kind of, the OCD, maybe, maybe it's just superstition, maybe it's OCD, but Pat and his father are very much so alike. So I'm, I would even go out on the limb and say that Pat suffers from bipolar disorder as well. Pat Senior. Pat Senior, mm-hmm. yes. So they both do. And then you have... Well, and they went into that a little bit when he was talking about his dad not being able to go into the stadium for fighting. Right. Three, and he was like, I guess we're both the same. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Right. It's, I guess we're the same, huh? He's like, ah, oh, I don't, you know. But it's for me in the, in the film, when everybody kind of recognized that they were the same is when everybody got connected. But they were calling out Tiffany always about Tiffany being crazy. Mm-hmm. It was almost like she... They believed that Tiffany... Was the only one that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Even when the guy, little kid, would show up with the camera at the house and like, "Oh, is this a bipolar disorder? Is this a manic episode?" Oh um, my god! You I know? never want to. I never want to drop kick a kid more. <laughs> no, me, me either, bro. Like I literally, I probably would have in real life. Don't show over my oh. door the camera talking about, "Is this a manic episode?" What? <laughs> but <laughs> what? also, all the people standing on the sidewalk watching too. It's because, and I feel like that's a powerful moment for me mm-hmm. because I feel like. What we do with people who are struggling with mental illnesses is we, we, we make it out to be a spectacle, right? Right, that's and so point. that's that's their way of showing it in the film. Everybody is everybody wants to look at the person who they think is crazy because mm-hmm. it makes them feel better right. about themselves, insultingly. Exactly, right. And we don't really see them as a human going through a problem. We see them as this person's gone crazy, you know, and they need to be. We talk about uh, or we talk about in our program all the time to get it in our head about how the anatomy of the body and the brain being an organ and your brain can be sick, mm-hmm. right? And if people understood that more, we can help with the stigma of getting help. You go to the doctor whenever you're sick, when your when your chest is hurting, when your kidneys hurt, or something else, when any other organ is hurting, you go to a doctor to get help. Oh. For some reason, we don't feel that way right now about mental health issues we view diabetes as something that you would get um insulin for and that that's something that you might need for the rest of your life because there's an imbalance but we don't view mental health in the same way or like the chemical imbalance yeah yeah or hormonal imbalances that you may you know go ahead let me ask let me ask you this though um both of you so obviously where we are now in society we have um been more aware of mental health and it is mental health awareness month and I'm sure employers have reached out to employees and said, take some time for yourself. You know, it's mental health awareness month. Um, and I don't ever remember hearing that growing up. Right. So that's kind of a new revelation. And so do you think that we have, where do you think the line is between, um, acknowledge, acknowledging it and romanticizing it? Because I feel like we, I feel like there are a lot of people like on TikTok or just all social media where it's kind of romanticizing depression or um, anxiety or like it bipolar like a personality disorder. trait, right? Mm. You want to jump in that one, chat? <laughs> no, you, 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 you mean you didn't want to have? You don't have an answer for you? <laughs> no, 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 I got an answer. Uh, for me. So I I don't so I've, I've I'm not on TikTok. I see some get posted and everything like that. I catch it on like especially more on Twitter, but mm-hmm. 
I've seen some people on certain comment sections that romanticize certain delusional conditions as if it's mm-hmm. like special powers or something. Right. And it's it's very problematic because and I've I've seen some where people have um fantasized in some way self harming, which is very problematic on multiple levels but mm-hmm. this the, and but this is something that we see has been a problem for many years i mean mm-hmm. how often have we uh fantasized or romanticized alcoholism like just a simple True. act like that which is we say we treat you know, substance use disorders that it is a disease condition that can be passed on generationally speaking but we don't view this in the same way um, that we've romanticized, there's always conditions as you learn about them, that there's almost like a pendulum swing on the opposite direction in such mm-hmm. a way that I think it's, it's, it's a lot of it is just, it's a lot of what we teach and what we learn being ca- caught up on. And mm. that's what I see at least. Yeah. Cause it almost feels like everybody is depressed and everybody has anxiety disorder. Um, I've even seen people who, are self-diagnosing as autistic. And I'm like, that's what? Cause I mean, and this is, I've seen TikToks about this where they're like, Hey, if you have this, or if you have this, or put a finger down, if you feel this, Oh, did you put all fingers down? Well, you may be ADHD or you may be autistic or you may be blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is dangerous. That's so dangerous because now everybody thinks that they have some kind of disability or not even a disability. Probably the wrong word to use disability because I don't, lack of a better term, but condition. condition. Yes. Thank you. Now everybody has a condition and, and it almost feels romanticized. I feel that. And that, like, I put this on the sheet, and I think that I'm gonna ask you, Chad, this. Um, and it really meaning speaking specifically of this, and that we feel as if there are some people out there who do, but there is a balance of we need to be aware. Do you think that when it comes to like mental health or just trauma in 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 general, is it okay? to like make films that are solely based around trauma? So um, I thought about this question a lot. It's, I've gone back and forth on it, but I can tell you this. I, I genuinely wish that we actually treated mental health like something to be acknowledged and recognized. Uh, I go back to TV shows. Um, a TV show that comes to mind is MASH, which is about mm. a war which is about um, a, a mobile hospital unit, and there is traumatic s- stories told in that. There's there's a backline of comedy to every episode and what have right. you, mm-hmm. and that can be given the same way with mental health, just because the after effects of a lot of them can be very different. But I do wish that there are more things like this, because even watching a show like a movie like Silverline's Playbook, you watch it and you take away from it saying like, I'm still it's it's you don't necessarily know what you kind of saw. You know you mm-hmm. saw these criteria and what these mean, but what they mean is very different. Mm-hmm. I think that you have to, though, have uh, media portraying these things in real lights because what we see on the outside of mental health is not positive things. People, I, I've had friends and family members ask me if bipolar disorder is dissociative identity disorder. Well, they don't say that. Mm-hmm. They say it's multiple personalities. Right. And that's it's such a jump it's such a jump mm-hmm. from the two things but that's that's the extent of how mental health is not portrayed in either a positive light or a realistic light and so i think it's important to have cinema media that show what trauma can look like because while it can be triggering i think there's there's elements of life that is triggering there's elements of life that will be triggering mm-hmm. in fact and while it is, and there's things potentially triggering, and we limit these things. Um, one of the films y'all had previous to now actually was, uh, I believe y'all did Invisible Woman. Is that correct? Or Invisible Man? Yeah, Invisible Man. Yeah. yeah. Invisible Man is incredibly triggering. I have uh, friends that cannot watch that movie 
because of the things it discusses. And that's understandable. I wouldn't mm-hmm. force it on them. But I think right. you have to have some things so that people can see that. And the ones that do, that feel that they can comfortably watch that, they can be able to process what that looks like and to feel like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not alone in this. And that's that. this is part of a life that I can live and work through. Because it is a positive movie in the end. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. I feel that. I, I'm like I always like on the line. I'm always on the line of like, do we show it or not? And even specifically in the black culture, I say this every time, it is such a, co- a conversation when it comes to black trauma. There's like, that's the hot topic now. It's like, no more, no more uh, movies and stuff about black trauma. And I'm like, I get that. I really do. I understand that. But I also feel as if now we have a, um, we're almost gaining this like surplus to where we're somewhat becoming competitive in the, the in the filming industry right so when i'm talking i'm talking about black people in general so now it is the time to tell all of our stories right like if there was any time even though it may be you know traumatic and everything else but if there was a time to tell our stories we it's now like we can, are continuing to uh, step on the gas and get more and more opportunities um and even if we get one more this year than we got the last year that's one more opportunity to get out the plight of black people in this country, even if it is based in trauma. Mm-hmm. Now, while I would love to see, you know, more, you know, happy movies and stuff like that, it's very the reason why I enjoy Silver Lining Playbook so much, so much, is because that family is an all-American family. Yeah. Like when I watch them, I'm like, I I see this every day. You can relate, yeah. I see this family every day. And we could talk about all the hunky-dory nice stuff, but this is what's really going on in the suburbs and everywhere else. This is what's happening. People are struggling with mental health issues. People are struggling with just general health issues. People are struggling with finances. People don't know how to um, to live. Parents don't know how to parent their kids who are suffering with mental health issues. Kids don't know how to relate to their parents who are getting old and are starting to deteriorate. Neighbors don't know how to uh, be neighborly to a family who is struggling with issues. So I think that this movie is very powerful and can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we need movies like this. But on the other hand, I'm like, man, we are subjecting people to like secondhand trauma. (laughs) At the end of the day. I think that it's, and this is, I kind of talked about this in the eating disorder episode but I think that it's important for, because I think that a, I think a lot of people learn by seeing or by experiencing. And so I think that watching this movie or movies like this help someone experience something so that they can understand it. <clears throat> Go ahead, Chad. You about to say something? Uh, no, I was going to agree with you. I think that part of these things is understand the human condition, and we neglect just how much that our experience can can be seen by someone else as comparative and also unique, and that we don't know what another person's life looks like. Even the people we see mm-hmm. every day, friends and family, we don't always know what someone else is going through. So sometimes in any kind of media that can help portray that, just even for a moment to help understand. And if you can walk away from it and gain that knowledge, that's something special that I think across cultures needs to be able to happen. Definitely. Valid points, all valid points. I, I know that like I have conversations every day with people who are like way on the other side of the spectrum who are like, mm-hmm. no, they need to be, we should never be watching films like this. And then some other people were like, no, we need to have these. We need we need more, and we need to push topics even further, uh, so we can really get to the nitty gritty. But then I'm like, um, you know how how far can you get with a with a certain rating, right? Because some of these right. parents, now I've been to movies. <clears throat> I saw saw I was I went to go see Saw one time. I'll never forget this, and never in my life will I forget this. I went to go see Saw, maybe like the fourth one. In theaters, and if I'm not mistaken, it's definitely rated R. Okay, and <laughs> I go in the theater. Why are there kids in this theater with their parents? And I'm talking about these are like from ages three to like eight. Mm. I'm like, yo, what do they need to watch this film for? 
I remember when we went to go watch it, there was a kid there yes. with their parent. Yeah. And they were like, I'm not scared. The first scene, that kid was tripping. Ducked. <laughs> like, why? Like, why? I think that we should push the limits, but there has to be some sort of, we really can't just trust everybody's parenting to be A1. We see that on a daily basis. <laughs> like, that's just not going to happen. But I, I be wanting to watch films that are that are visceral for me. You know, like, I'm like, wow, this really moved me and I need to do better. Like, that's what I want from a film. So I'm going to lean into that and ask, was there a powerful moment in this film for you? I can start, I guess. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. For me, there's a couple scenes that I think back to, but the one that I think of um, pretty close to immediately, uh, also one of the most well-acted scenes I can see with Jennifer Lawrence, who does fantastic in this movie. She does. Uh, oh, phenomenal. The diner scene. And the diner scene mm. leading to, I believe immediately afterwards, is the, right outside the theater. And uh, you talk about the moment whenever, kind of, whenever she realizes, like, you really do believe that you're that you're different than me, like that you're so different. She, and it's just her being like, Oh my God. Like that, that realized just how oblivious he was and how much he thought of her, which hit her very hard. And then the scene immediately afterwards, which you talk about camera work going around that scene in the theater where he starts mm. hearing that music and mm. you see all the people, the reaction, the crowds, not understanding what's going on, but even if he is, what of it? And kind of how responsive this and how she kind of honestly kind of talks him down, semi-grounds him, but not really, and just talks to him for a second. And just everyone else's reaction, the police driving up, and it's just this scene of chaos that you can see he's overwhelmed and trying to control what he's about to do because he doesn't want to do anything wrong. It's, it's, it's almost like he wants to just scream and cry and hope mm -hmm. someone will understand what he's going through, and he doesn't get it either. Mm. That, that's good. I agree with the diner scene when she says, uh, I, can't, I wish I had written down the quote, but when she was like, you think that your illness is less than mine or something along those lines, like I'm more messed up than you are. Mm. Um, and that really stuck with me because it's like, like we talked about when we first started this is that every mental illness is so different and it shows itself so differently in each person that you can't compare, you know, no matter if it's bipolar versus depression or whatever the case may be. Um, but another scene that stuck with me was when, um, and this might've been like the second or third time that the police officer came to the house. And every time the police officer came to the house, he was just like, is everything okay? Trying to deescalate the situation. And it, he wasn't criminalizing that. I don't even know if that's the right word. Um, this mental illness. So he was handling this situation like somebody with a mental illness rather than somebody who is a criminal. And I think that that's something that we lack a lot. Um, especially in public service. And when you're dealing with people who have mental illnesses, you can't treat them like any regular Joe on the street. Right. Because you, like you said, Chad, you have to meet them where they are. Whew. Listen, I'm a, I'm going to build off of that. Cause I hate when, you know, people say, I'm piggyback. I'm, I'm going to build off of that. Off of that. I'm going to build off of that. And and for me, at least. When you were talking about the police officer, because that's where I was going. Okay. Uh, but I, I think you kind of drove home a different point than what I was going to make. But I think we're kind of in the same realm. Okay. Here's the thing. The one thing that police officer had, and the, the reason why he was able to not, you know, arrest him, not be forceful with him, not go in just blazing and you know get on your stomach and i'm cussing you out and i'll put you in handcuffs and go in the back of the car is because if you notice every time he showed up at the house he had context about who this person is who this family is and what is going on even the stuff he was like hey, hey i know what happened at the uh at the office 
Like he even knew that. He had mm-hmm. context. He knew his audience, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's a good officer. Mm-hmm. You're policing your neighborhood. You know your neighborhood. You know your people. And so you go into a situation with certain context and you understand I can I can act accordingly for what is going on now. There's not an actual threat here. And for right. me to see that like on film, that's going to skip past everybody's mind because here's here's what happens in that situation. People think that what happens with that police officer is what it's like with every single situation. Right. And it is not. And it's not. And I th- and I don't want to go and this into the knot and say that this doesn't right. happen because I absolutely think that this does happen. But go on. Right. Uh, more often than not, you're probably walking into a situation you have no idea right. what's going on. And I get that. But I think that this is a, a check mark for how good it will it, it is to have good community police officers who are enforcing the law and or this is also a reason to have somebody who like are social workers or people who are teams out in the community who can go out and it doesn't have to be the police officer's job to do so. Absolutely. Right. He can just be a law enforcement or he or she or they can be law enforcement officers and just enforce the law. Right. If we ever get to that point in day, that will be a wonderful time in my life. I believe so. Let the the people who are like Chad and other professionals mm-hmm. who have dedicated their lifetime do, who do not get paid enough, but who understand the importance of their job and and what it means and how to interact with uh, you know humans in crisis uh, versus people who are not trained to do so. Right. So shout out to the cop in the film, and I'm not saying by all means it's not a I hate all cops um, thing, not even a little bit. But I'm also just saying there's a there's such a difference in but in the way that he in the movie interacts with this family than what sometimes is even typical of a police interaction with a family. Absolutely. So that was like a powerful moment for me. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot really from a, from a counseling standpoint, from a psychological standpoint. But for me, that stuck out the most with me. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be nice if all, if, if every single police officer was like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good points. Wild, wild time, you know, I don't want to get on my soapbox when it comes to uh, <laughs> policing. Um, but I will say, man, if we can put some money behind, um, you know, care teams and bit teams and other teams that are mobile in the in the community, I'm all for it. I'll put my money behind it, too. I'll make a lot, but I'll, <laughs> but I will put, a, I'll put some coins behind that initiative because I really, really do believe in that. All right. While we have Chad here for our listeners, you know, we'll talk more about the movie as well, but. I really do want to to ask you as a professional, what would you like everyone to know about bipolar disorder, which they may or may not know? It's so hard to say. I would say with the first thing to know is that it can look different for everyone, mm. what the criteria is. Um, I've worked with a wide variety of individuals, uh, ones actually like Pat, who were undiagnosed until... Right they were and it was for them working with them it was a a process of kind of revisiting certain experiences and looking at it in different lights and looking at for um for pat it was stress that kind of induced it and that can be the case for some it's 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 understanding that do not look at this condition as something that um I'm now going to be crazy or that I am crazy Mm -hmm. for having a condition like this Um, and viewing someone as crazy for having a condition like this. um, Oh God, there's so, there's so many points to go across with it because there's also the behaviors that someone has in a manic episode and is an individual uh, responsible for those things at times. And it's, Ultimately speaking, it's I see mania as it's it's a person that's been turned up to a level that they're not normally at, right. and it's they're reacting in that way. Um, it's I think the best, biggest part I can say with bipolar disorder for people who are not experiencing it but know someone that are, you don't have to have lived a person's life to take yourself and say, I just want to understand your life better so that I can help try and see what I can do to best support you right now. Right. And it is also understanding that 
there's a large variety of people with bipolar disorder who do not seek help. They don't. And that may be because they the mania is something that they almost look forward to, like almost like a um, toxic relationship where mm-hmm. they almost look for those moments of mania because even – but it, it depends because different people's mania presents in different ways. Some people, they, they can be able to, and but there's some people who it is incredibly dest- destructive and they realize that it's not something they would ever want to live with or exist with. So it's – the thing I would know about it is, is it is every person is different. The best thing you can do with the home person is trying to put them in their place, be present with them and try and help them to get help. Um, and understand that uh, for those who don't have it or trying to help someone with it also set very much emotional boundaries because you cannot be held responsible for someone's life like that. Ultimately speaking is that Facts. if they're not ready for change, then change will not occur. Mm. You preach. Preach. Uh, oh, oh, we connected. Get out of here. <laughs> Katie, for you, I'm going to ask you something different, which is that knowing how you grew up understanding uh, bipolar disorder, do you feel like watching this film gave you a different perspective? If if yes, why? why? Um... Sorry, I just saw the TV. This movie came out in 2014. <laughs> I said 2012 earlier. Um, I don't know if this would... So I think that if you didn't know anything about bipolar disorder and you watched this movie, you would be confused and it wouldn't help you understand what bipolar disorder is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like maybe the first time I watched it, I thought Pat was just an asshole. Like, I think that you can definitely (laughs) see that there's something going on, but it doesn't make sense, right? You're like, why is he yelling? Why is he trying to fight everyone? Or he's a narcissist. Right, right. So I don't necessarily know how to answer that question. No, that's okay. And you know, I don't think you have to know. And I think... Y'all, I said y'all, I'm sorry, my texture just came out. Uh, You all, y'all, I'm going to say y'all because I like y'all, our listeners. This is a moment, y'all don't know how powerful this moment is right now. Just like uh, Pat Sr. said in the movie when he had to go get his girl, you know what I'm saying? And that was a powerful moment. What a a moment. That one brought a tear to my eye. That was a beautiful moment. Right, you know? Y'all are in a moment right now. This moment right now that what Katie just showed you was, I don't even know if I have enough information to have an opinion. That is okay. The amount of time, it's okay. Somebody can ask you a question, you'd be like, I don't really know how I feel about that yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't formulated an opinion on it yet because maybe I don't have enough information. And it's okay for you to do exactly what Katie just did, which is to say, I'm not sure yet. It may take two or three watches for her. It may never sit in Katie's head right. Right. It may never sit in my head right. I have different thoughts. We all have different thoughts. And this isn't necessarily even when it comes to understanding mental health. This is just when it comes to understanding really pretty much anything. Uh, But specifically when it comes to understanding mental health. Because if we get into it, and Chad, you kind of was tipping on it a little bit. But, you know, like if you were, if somebody committed a crime, you know, then it becomes a question of were they in in the same state, right? Uh, Were they they acting upon them, doing the crime, knowing that, it was them doing it or were they in a state or a manner where they didn't necessarily have control. And I wrote a paper on this in college. (laughs) (laughs) Chad probably knows it is not easy to plead insanity. And and people say that all the time. People say it all the time. Like, Oh, you just plead insanity. I'm like, bro, you don't understand how tough it is to be, to be clarified or declared not fit to either stand trial or anything like that. It is, tough it is extremely tough so it's okay for you to not understand and i know that that's not going to sit a a right way with a lot of people because some people are like you got to pay for your your sins and everything else and the way that you believe that paying for sins it may be different than what the way that the system uh believes it because i personally believe that it can be actually even worse for somebody in the situation if you have to go to a mental facility indefinitely then mm-hmm. you never leave. You know, like mm-hmm. it, that could be even worse to me. Um, but 
if you don't know, it's okay to not necessarily understand. And that's when you refer to resources, okay? Resources that are going to be able to understand and help this person out, right? That's when you say, hey, man, hey, Chad, I got somebody who I think they might need your help. I can't help them out no more. And I just really don't understand how I can give them help. But I'm sure Chad could either give them help or Chad can be like, I can get, a, I got a better resource for them. I can get them hooked up. It is important to know the resources that you have that you can utilize, but also the ones that you can give to other people to just get them started. Just even if you're, if you know somebody who is struggling with some sort of mental health issue, um, you don't have to, please do not try to be their counselor. You're not. I tell mm-hmm. that to my, to people all the time. You come talk to me. I'll listen to you vent and stuff. Do not ask me to counsel you. If you ever come to me and like, hey, uh, shrink me real quick. That's a, like a an automatic, I'm not even talking to you. Now you can't even talk right. to me. You've lost the privilege of me listening to your conversation, right? Like not happening. Because the last thing I want you to do is for you to think that I'm like your therapist or your counselor. No, nah, not happening. And Chad, do you feel the same? Absolutely. I've literally told people, I was like, listen, the way I talk to people is the same across the board. But there's one difference. My friends, I'm going to give you advice. It means I'm going to tell you, yeah, it was a stupid decision you probably did just there. Like, did you tell your client that? I'm like, you ain't my client. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. We are friends. I can give you advice and I can tell you what you just said was stupid. And that what you idea, what I did, I can do that 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I am not, a, I, I, like, I can't help but sometimes go in that mode of, like, the way I talk to people and being right. therapeutic. However, nope, I am not your counselor. And in all ways, if I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you as a friend or as a, a buddy, but I'm not talking to you. I am not your counselor. Right. I, I tell people all the time because my tone changes, right? It's like that's what's been trained into us. Our tone changes. We become better active listeners. Oh, think, yeah. Right. And so people are like, oh, I'm getting like a counseling session. I'm like, no, because the even my train of thought is not even therapeutic in this moment. When I'm with a client or if you're with a client, you begin to start even thinking clinically what could be happening. I'm not ever in that train of thought if I'm talking to my friends. I'm more so in the train of thought of like, what did you do to F up? Right. <laughs> right. And I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to point that out for you or whatever. To, to be you are like that. Corey's always going to tell you what part, what role did you play in this? What? Because you have a responsibility. <laughs> so what role did you play? That's pretty much my output when it comes to my friends. Um, but please don't try to be that extension for somebody. One, you don't have the skills. I promise you, you don't. And that's not a knock on you. You don't have the skills. You didn't put the time in. You don't have the licensure. You don't want that. You want to be able to get them to the people. It's like if or your house was on fire, stop trying to put it out and call the firefighters. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Ooh. They got all the big tools. Facts. To do all of that. They got the trucks. They got the ladders. They got the heat suits. That they can walk in and save people. They work out all the time. I heard they're good cooks, but we're going to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I nothing to do anything, but they have access and resources that you don't. And so I see that all the time across the board. Some people overstep their limits. So just stay, know your role, play it well, stay in your lane and get people to resources, get them to the people who can put out the fire or at least help them put it out. Um, and then, and then let it be what it is. As Chad said earlier, when people want to change, they will, you can't be, you're not responsible for that. That's just, that's just facts. No printer. You know, I, I literally heard a phrase today that I said, I hate this phrase and people use it all the time. They say, oh, that's not what I want for you. And I'm like, I hate that phrase. My life is not about what you want for me. <laughs> okay. My life is about what I want for me. So when people are like, that's not what I want for you. I'm like, how selfish can you be? <laughs> Interesting enough. I say that there's a lot of things I feel, a lot of phrases I'm like, that's kind of a selfish phrase or a selfish thing. I told Katie one time, and I asked you, Chad, how you feel about this. <laughs> I told Katie one time, I said, if somebody asks, like if somebody said, what do you want for your birthday? And th- the other person said, I don't want anything. Please do not give me a gift. But you still get them a gift. You are being selfish. Because what you're really doing is you're getting a gift. They told you what they wanted. But you want to get against their wishes to get something to make you feel better. <laughs> like, is that not like a weird dichotomy? That's not like a weird balance, right? So I 100% love getting gifts for people. But when it comes to certain people, like my brother, my brother will say, if he, if he just says to get him money, just get him money. 
It's not you don't don't just get him money. You're, it's okay. <laughs> you want to get him a nice gift. That sounds good and all. But if he's asking you for just money now, if he didn't tell you, that's different. That's on him. Right, to be able right, to tell right, you. right, right. But no, if someone tells you that ultimately, you may have this grand idea for a gift. It's it's okay. That's <laughs> that's you gotta swallow the pride a little bit. Yeah, it's, I guess it's really what it is. It's the pride. So y'all don't be selfish. Let people get the help that they need. Um, and, and get them to the right resources. And so if you don't know the resources, I'm sure you know somebody. Okay. And we will um, post some resources on the YouTube link. We'll post it on our, our on our IG page all week. Um, some very like national stuff. Because if you can start nationally, they can get you to locally. Um, and if you, and, and also vice versa, if you know more locally, they'll get you nationally. Uh, but either way, we will post all, most of the uh, national ones because we don't know where y'all are listening from. I mean, we know, but y'all are spread out. So not everybody's in the <laughs> same place. <laughs> so I can't do locally for everybody, but for those who um, will be in the DFW area, I can link you to some local uh, resources because I'm connected in that area, and Chad is connected uh, in his area as well in the DFW area. I'm pretty sure you have some resources. Where are you located, by the way? Where am I located at? Yes, I am located uh, just north of Fort Worth now, living in an apartment, chilling. Nice, yeah. nice. very nice. Yes, yes, well, yes, yes. You said just north of Fort Worth, huh? Mm, mm-hmm. Let me take a stab. What's just Has north Hazlitt? Of- Keller? Near. Near there, yeah. Roanoke? Mm. Yeah. Are we getting warmer? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, I mean, you're basically, yeah, you're basically there. I mean, that's like everywhere around, like Hazlitt, Keller, like... Let's be honest. Right. That's like the same place. I, I listen. I'm from small towns. That's true. That's everything my old is like stomping grounds. <laughs> everything is like 15 minutes from everything else where I used right. to be from. Like they'll have Ditton and then they'll say Corinth is a place. Corinth ain't a place. Corinth is Ditton. It's <laughs> all agree. the same thing. Like you don't don't try and tell me those are two different locations. <laughs> Keller Watauga. Keller Watauga is the same place. You can't tell me those two places are different locations. Yeah. Like so, like if it if this stuff if you literally Hurst, are a you, hop and skip. Hurst, Eulis, Bedford. Yeah. <laughs> All the same. Don't try and tell me these places are different. Like, oh, it does, my it, like gosh. Pe- only people who say they're different are people that live in there and have some pride in different areas. To me, this and I true. know there's some place, like, it, it all looks the same to me. It, it, you're, you haven't even left that area. You, If you take one step and you're in a different city, nope, not doing it. You're in a different area. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> However, I will get defensive when people say Dallas Fort Worth is the same thing. I'm like, they are no, two that, different that, cities with another major city in between them. Arlington's in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. But people that don't know Texas don't know Arlington. So they say DFW and they're like, oh, yeah, it's the same place. No. No, it is not. They're... And they're like 30 <laughs> minutes apart. <laughs> and they have completely two different cultures. True. Um, yeah, it is It is wild. But that's why we love Texas, right? So, uh, listeners, if you're not from Texas, this is not a Texas bash party. This is a Texas hype party. <laughs> uh, we are trying to tell you that there's so much to do in Texas. And while it may all look the same, the the the, the natives and the locals will let you know that it is not. Mm-hmm. It's true. very different. And if you need to get so, anywhere, drive 30 minutes. Yes. <laughs> You better have that gas, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, you know, uh, I don't think the pipeline really affected us too much because I was really from like Houston on up to the East Coast. So, you know, I think we straight on the gas for a little bit, but you never know. I feel like gas in the summertime in Texas always gets a little little up there. Well, gas always goes up anyways because of traveling and vacations. Goodness gracious, don't you love supply and demand? I'm just, man, people like last year it wasn't, yeah, because nobody was traveling. True. Pay nothing for gas because oh, nobody, nobody was driving. It was so oh beautiful. Oh my god! I drove, Corey. I drove to work. I drove. Listen, I used to. I used to drive more like fifty minutes. I would get to work in thirty-five, and it was like a zombie apocalypse happened. Like Thanos just snapped his fingers, and I could get to work, and gas was a dollar twenty-five. Right. What? Oh, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing, and now I drive around. I'm like, dang! I gotta wait at two a.m. just to get it to two sixty. <laughs> like what's going on and I remember a time back in the gap I was in high school I was maybe a senior and it was like this for maybe two weeks maybe three weeks man gas got about five dollars in Texas and I almost blew up and people still ask me for rides I'm like you gotta drop a dub in the tank bro <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta drop it and I was I had a gas yeah, guzzler bro I had that that blazer turn the key and you lose a gallon bro <laughs> Y'all had to drop a dub in the tank because that five dollar gas, bro. What? 
And we had like a little shortage. That's what happened too. It was like a little shortage going. So I remember that point because I drove up to a quick trip and I had to wait 30 minutes in line. And then my mom had to go get, we lived in Arlington. She had to drive all the way to like West Fort Worth to get gas. Wow. Wow. Y'all ever been to a gas station that was running out of gas and the, the gas is pumping super duper slow? That was uh, it when I was a quick trip. Once. Yeah. It's weird. That happened it's to me weird. once and I, I I was there for maybe uh ten minutes and I maybe got five dollars in my gas tank and I just had to like go to the next gas station. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You're trying to use like a tea, the tea thing and try and tip off the gas Right. Thing. <laughs> hold hold the, uh, the pole up. Hey, lean on it real quick. Lean on the thing. Listen, I don't know how we got the gas from our No, we got way. We are so far off. Uh, <laughs> but we are about to wrap it up anyway. So with that being said, Chad, we are. Thank you for coming on here to share your expertise yes. and your experience. Thank you so much. Chatting it up. And we thank y'all for listening who stayed. And as we say all the time, we are a self-funded podcast. So. If you're like, man, I'm going to give them some fiscal resources, I mean some financial resources, <laughs> you can drop uh, drop us a little coin on Cash App or Venmo, Press Next Podcast. Uh, we will appreciate it, whether it be a dollar, uh, 50 cent, $5, or a 1000 Whatever it is, we appreciate it. We, we thank you for listening. Please, please, please drop a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. We hope that it's five-star. But if it's not five, give and us like 4.8. You know? And leave a review. <laughs> Because we love to read them, and the more reviews is going to push us up the charts, and we want to expand uh, and reach a, a higher you know, number of fans and a wider population. We want to spread across the globe, okay? Like Chaz Oreo Balls. We want to be the best in the galaxy, okay? We want to be the Chad Oreo Balls of podcasts. <laughs> You're going to have people be like, we don't remember anything about Chad being on the podcast. I was like, LPC? Nah. But we heard about something like called Oreo balls. Now those. Hey, you can flip it and make some money, man. <laughs> you can flip it and make some money. Do you take that, you know what I'm saying? You sell it. If it costs you five dollars to make, sell it for seven. And then you're good to go. Put them in a little freezer back. You know? Man, I'm trying listen, I don't even want the money. I don't even want no, I don't care. This is your I, a collective idea. You can put all the work in. Just I just want like in the on the packaging, on the fine print, just put like uh, co-signed by Press Next Podcast. <laughs> That's what I would like. That's it. That's my only stipulation in this deal is if you go into the uh, Oreo ball business, which I'm sure you will expand to other cake balls and things of that nature. And who knows? Maybe I need to introduce you uh, and get you connected with Adele so maybe y'all can team up because if she's a distant second, oh man, can you imagine the Oreo balls that you two will be making? <laughs> y'all gonna get on one of the Food Channel uh, episodes. Now I'm be like, that's fail. That's, that's my boy. Fam. That's my girl. And then I can't even. I to imagine how that Oreo ball. All right, tastes. sir. Okay, I'm, right. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Um, You've been rambling. Donate uh, to us and thank y'all for listening. Come back next week and we're gonna be talking about more mental health stuff. And then yeah. Yes. After that, we're gonna be in a new location. That's right. You Turn will no up. longer see this. Yeah, that well, you might see that, but it just just look a little bit different. And my room will look a little, a little bit different. But we love y'all. Peace out. Oh, whoa. And as always, there we go. Press next. Press next. Bye.